Our top stories coming up this evening live from New York City. The world's second largest movie chain is considering Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It faces maturities of billions in debt. And fresh security concerns about TikTok. Its in-app browser can monitor your keystrokes according to new research. And the cost of raising a child now topping $300,000 thanks to inflation. And much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here sitting in for Paul. Wall Street ended sharply lower today. All 11 sectors of the S&P 500 fell, led by tech, consumer, discretionary, and communication services. The Dow gave up 643 points, or 1 and 9 tenths of a percent. The S&P fell 90 points, or 2 and 1 tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq lost 324 points, or 2 and 6 tenths of a percent. And investors will be looking at the Fed meeting later this week for any signals of how aggressive the Fed will be. Chair Powell is set to give a speech on Friday morning. We'll have analysis. And shares of the world's second largest movie chain, Cineworld, plunged over 30% today after announcing it's considering filing for bankruptcy. It's the owner of Regal Cinemas. So are people simply not going to theaters anymore? NTD's Colin Fredrickson reports. Cineworld, the world's second-largest movie chain, is exploring Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Chapter 11 is a form of bankruptcy that involves reorganizing a business's debts. Cineworld is facing maturities on over $5 billion in debt. It appears that they borrowed too much, um, but I think they could get out of their liquidity issues. Alicia Reese is the vice president of equity research at Wedbush Securities. Reese says one big issue Cineworld had was its proposed takeover of Cineplex, a Canadian theater chain. Because this happened right before the pandemic, they had to cancel the deal and pay a big breakup fee. I think a bankruptcy will actually position them to not have to pay that. Reese covers many firms in the movie theater sector. She says Cineworld's potential bankruptcy is because of its own unique situation. I don't think it says anything about the industry, though. AMC, for you know a variety of reasons, has plenty of cash right now. Um, Cinemark didn't materially worsen their debt situation um, during the pandemic, so I think they'll be absolutely fine. However, a recent poll shows movie theater attendance is far below historical norms. Between 2001 and 2007, Americans watched an average of 4.8 movies in theaters annually. Meanwhile, in 2021, they watched 1.4 movies. If you have something that feels like it needs that huge screen, that big, loud sort of sound system, that thing that makes people excited about going out to a theater to see. Chris Fenton was a production executive on Iron Man 3 and Looper, as well as the author of Feeding the Dragon, a book about American firms doing business with China. Fenton says there's a shift in consumer viewing habits. People are choosing between watching in a theater and streaming online. There's still demand for blockbuster movies. The question is whether people want to see them in theaters. The really mega hits were like the Marvel, uh, DC, you know, anything that had Star Wars, anything that had a built-in community, a massive community, those are the ones that took off and actually uh, made money for both the studios and for the theater chains. Jordan Harmon is the president of Angel Studios. Harmon says it's up to the studios to build a community around their intellectual property before sending it to theaters. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. Cineworld's rival AMC stock also plummeted today. It dropped 42%. And Ford is facing over $1.7 billion in damages 
over a fatal incident involving its F-250 pickup that left two people dead. A Georgia jury reached a verdict in the case. They determined that damages should be imposed on Ford for selling trucks that have dangerously weak roofs, which could crush passengers in a rollover accident. This verdict is believed to be one of Georgia's biggest in history. The two deceased are Melvin and Vonical Hill. They were driving a 2002 Ford F-250 when one of their front tires blew and the truck rolled over. The two were unfortunately crushed inside. A spokesman for Ford says while their sympathies do go out to the Hill family, they don't believe the verdict is supported by evidence and plans to appeal. Ford has issued 49 recalls this year, the most of any automaker. Ford stocks fell 5% today. And the Securities and Exchange Commission is gearing up to find some of Wall Street's biggest banks, a whopping total of $1 billion. The bank's employees are accused of violating SEC rules. Specifically, they were not archiving communication records. Under SEC rules, traders are supposed to preserve client messages, but some were using WhatsApp and other messaging services on their personal phones where communication records could easily be lost. The SEC is targeting Bank of America, Barclays, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Deutsche Bank, among others. Regulators also worry that sending financial secrets over personal devices raises the risk of hackers breaking in. The fines are expected to be levied September 30th. A researcher is raising fresh security concerns over TikTok. He reports that the app has the ability to see and record every single letter you type on the keyboard when you're using the app. And TikTok could be doing this without you even knowing. NTD's Sean Marshall has the report. TikTok can capture a user's credit card information and passwords, according to independent privacy research by developer Felix Cross. He found that when users access a website through the TikTok app, the browser uses code that could enable it to monitor a user's keyboard input and screen taps, a.k.a. keylogging. Cross believes that TikTok has the greatest privacy risk compared with other major apps because it can access a broad scope of user data, and it does not offer users the option of using other browsers to open web links. Are people not using TikTok seriously enough? I spoke with Bob Billbrook on the subject. When you take in account that our, our own government is telling um, us not to use the app because they feel there's data breaches and security issues with it, um, it, it becomes pretty concerning. Um, couple that with most of the users you know, in the U.S. are kids on TikTok. Billbrook mentioned all that information, along with videos of home and businesses, could provide TikTok with endless amounts of data. Those endless data sets, you know, could not only uh, perform a pretty rounded profile of a person from just usage data, but also just their surrounding areas and, you know, their habits of where they're at at certain times of the day or other data that could be, you know, derived from that. TikTok claims the JavaScript code highlighted by the research is used only for debugging troubleshooting, and performance monitoring to optimize the user's experience. But in secret recordings obtained by BuzzFeed, a member of TikTok's trust and safety department said in September 2021, everything is seen in China. Sean Marshall, NTD News. 
You know when you deposit your money at the bank, they always tell you that the money is insured by the FDIC. This is a guarantee from a federal agency that your money won't be lost if the bank fails up to a certain amount. While some major crypto exchanges are also claiming the same thing for some of their crypto products, but the FDIC says they are lying to investors. The FDIC sent letters to five companies and they demanded the companies take down the false and misleading statements. The five companies include FTX US, CryptoNews.com, CryptoSec.info, among others. FTX US is the American branch of FTX, which is the third largest crypto exchange in the world behind Coinbase and Binance. And the cost of raising a child through high school has, you guessed it, gone up thanks to inflation. For a married middle-income couple, it now takes an average of over $310,000 to raise a child born in 2015 through the age of 17. That comes out to more than $18,000 a year on average. The Brookings Institute came up with the estimate. It's based on numbers from the U.S. Agriculture Department. The price tag includes a range of child expenses, including food, health care, clothing, child care, and other activities. By comparison, the total child raising cost in 2015 was around $230,000, according to a government projection. A senior fellow at Brookings suggests many couples will now take a second look whether they will have a first or second child. And U.S. natural gas prices have jumped to a 14-year high, hitting almost $10. Prices in Europe also surged. What's behind the surge, and how does it affect consumers. Earlier today, I talked to Tom McNulty, an expert on the energy industry. Here he is. Tom, great to have you. So natural gas prices are at a 14-year record high. Just to start off, what's behind that? Break it down for us. Sure. A couple of things. More tactically, tremendous hot weather in the United States, all over the country. That drives up power demand. People are running air conditioning. It drives up the demand for gas fire generation. That's kind of a simple explanation. It's quite accurate. The bigger picture is tremendous demand, uh, really worldwide. What's happening in Europe does filter into the United States. There's tremendous demand for LNG coming out of the United States, liquefied natural gas. And so that draws gas out of the US market for shipment to Europe, where they're concerned about being cut off by uh, Russia. I mean, the, the bottom line is the U.S. has a great deal of natural gas. Uh, we were the largest natural gas producer in the world last year. So it's more a question of getting production to accelerate faster. Right? Production is up, production is increasing, but it hasn't been fast enough to match the demand. How has been the exports uh, in terms of natural gas to Europe? W- w- it's record levels. The constraints are physical infrastructure. LNG export terminals take a while to build. They're expensive. Pipelines have to be built to get gas to the export facilities. That is happening. Companies are trying very hard to get approvals, permitting, financing. There's no question. It's not a mystery. People are trying to build and expand our, meaning the United States, LNG export capabilities, but it's hard to do quickly. That's the problem. It's going to take 
Well, you can measure it in months and maybe you know one to three years, but that's not fast enough right now, given the demand. And there's demand also from Asia. It's not just Europe. So then with everything considered, you know, for, for U.S. prices, do you think it will stay high or go, go down? No, I think natural gases will remain firm in the United States. I, I, I believe we, we will stay above 750 right now or above 9. That should remain the case. Right now, this is normally the season where you put gas into storage for the winter months and where EIA numbers I've seen were 10 to 12 percent behind on injections into storage. So, uh, you know, that, that tells me prices will remain where they are. But in Europe, they're much, much higher. And they're, you know, they're going to stay where they are or go even higher, which is very, very damaging to those economies. Now, just one last thing. What do you think the impact will be to consumers? What are your concerns as we go into the colder season? It, it, affects, uh, it affects power bills and heating bills. The thing about natural gas is it's used for both. Uh, power bills throughout the United States are, are, are higher. It depends on your state, your location, and the deal you have with your provider. But going into the winter, you'll see more gas used for heating. And so, again, it's, it's inflationary. It's difficult for consumers. And I don't see a lot of relief because the demand just continues to outstrip supply right now. Again, producers are trying to produce more. Almost everyone I, I talk to, they're trying to produce more, but it takes time. All right. Tom McNulty, president of TJ McNulty Company, thank you very much for coming today. Thank you. Have a great day. And the federal pause on student loan payments is set to expire at the end of this month, meaning millions of borrowers will need to start making payments once again. Over the weekend, the Education Secretary said President Biden could make an announcement, possibly extending the pause in the next week or so. But a new poll says Americans are worried the move could make inflation worse. The CNBC poll shows three out of five Americans have this worry. The reasoning is this. Since the borrowers don't have to pay back their student loans, they'll spend the money on other things, which will bid up prices for those things. But some borrowers say they'll use the money to pay back other loans or save for retirement. So far in total, President Biden has canceled nearly $32 billion in student debt. And it looks like recession fears are not going away. According to a poll from the National Association for Business Economics, 72% of economists expect the U.S. will enter a recession by the middle of next year. Meanwhile, 19% believe the recession has already begun. For the survey, nearly 200 members of the NABE were questioned earlier this month. Fed Chairman Powell recently said there is a chance to get inflation under control before a potential recession. However, he admits the path to do so is hard because drastic rate hikes may be needed to knock down inflation. And still to come, an Apple AirTag helps track down a thief. And we hear from a business in the UK that's testing out the four-day work week. How's it going so far? That and more coming up on NTD Business.
Welcome back. A Florida airport baggage handler accused of stealing from luggage was caught with the help of an Apple AirTag. 19-year-old Giovanni DeLuca was arrested at his Florida home August 10th and charged with two counts of felony grand theft. The sheriff's office says DeLuca worked for a subcontractor at the Destin Fort Walton Beach Airport. So here's what happened. In mid-July, a passenger reported her luggage missing with more than $1,600 of items inside. And her bag had an Apple AirTag in it, which helped authorities track it to a residential area near the airport. On top of her report, there was another report on August 9th of stolen items by DeLuca. So authorities, by cross-referencing the two incidents and airport employees, they were able to find DeLuca at his home with some of the stolen items recovered. And AirTags are tracking devices that you can attach to your personal items. For example, you can attach them to your keys. And if you ever lose your keys, the AirTags will be able to let you see the geolocation of the keys. And in the Chicago skies, planes dove, dipped, looped, and roared as the city's air and water show made its post-pandemic return. The show featured the Navy Blue Angels flying team as the Army's Golden Knights parachute team F-22 fighter jets roared overhead. And the P-51 brought a piece of World War II history to the city. Spectators packed the viewing grounds below high and low-flying planes. They came out undeterred by the threat of rain and storms that hovered in the weekend forecast. A shower brought Saturday's festivities to a temporary halt and also delayed the start of Sunday's festivities. Some knocking some events, even knocking some events off the schedule, but the audience attendance was around 2 million. That's compared to the last full show held in 2019. The Chicago Air Water Show's website sets its largest free show of its kind in the United States. And actor Idris Elba went up against Brad Pitt at the box office. And who won? It turns out neither. Here's the early estimates for the weekend top five films. Excuse me, sir. DC League of Super Pets fell to fifth place on ticket sales of $5.8 million. 5.9 million gave Top Gun Maverick fourth and a domestic total of 683 million, passing Avengers Infinity War for number six all time. Bullet Train slowed to third in its third weekend, grossing $8 million. Idris Elba and Beast opened in second place. The adventure thriller made $11.6 million. A super start for Dragon Ball Super Superhero. The latest movie in the Japanese animated franchise easily topped the chart, debuting with $20.1 million. A new term, quiet quitting, is trending on social media. It essentially means no more coming into work early or working overtime at your job without extra compensation. Last month, a TikTok video on quiet quitting went viral and now has more than 8 million views. When it comes to working at home, quiet quitting means turning off the laptop after your job's scheduled hours. The trend is popular especially with Gen Z workers as they look to reassess their lives outside the workplace. Many in the UK are hoping to usher in a new work era. Thousands tested the four-day work schedule this summer. Let's take a look at one company that made the change. Red means don't disturb. 
This traffic light system, just one of the ways this London PR firm is trying to squeeze five days' work into four. That was the single most transformative thing for us. People put the light on red, you have to respect it. 70 companies across the UK are now more than two months into this experiment, moving staff to a four-day week but keeping their pay the same in the hopes that they get the same amount of work done as before. Here at Unity, there are now clear limits on meeting times and strict handovers required so that half the team can get Mondays off and half get Fridays. We were in the middle of the pandemic. I was so afraid for myself, but also for the team that we were just burning out really, really quickly. And I started thinking about ways to help with this. Okay. It was a rocky start. We missed things. People didn't sort of communicate well with each other. For the team, though, those early challenges were worth it. My mental health is honestly so much better. I feel like I'm a better friend on my fifth day, so I feel like I have more space to be there for my friends and be there for my family. Critics, though, have previously argued the four-day week would end up raising costs for business, especially public services like healthcare. Here at Unity, they say there's another advantage. It's helping attract talent. Recruitment was really difficult, and now we're absolutely inundated. I, we get more offers every week from people coming to us than we could ever possibly use. She admits it's still too early to know if staff will continue to produce the needed work in less time. But the hope is it could become permanent. And maybe one day, the boss will get a day off too. If a lack of internet access was keeping you from climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, well, now you have no excuses. Because high-speed internet has been installed by Tanzania's information ministry to serve climbers on Africa's tallest mountain. It's designed for those adventurers who feel that if they can't post themselves submitting on Instagram, it's like it never happened for them. Right now, the coverage is good up to 12,000 feet, which provides coverage about two-thirds of the mountain. Plans to extend the coverage to 19,000 feet are in place for the end of the year. The move has been welcomed in Tanzania as a boost to tourism. And that's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.